Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Blockchain technology may be best known for its ability to securely move cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin around the world, but the technology can do much more, especially in the food and beverage industry. For starters, the technology's ability to identify where an ingredient came from and who has interacted with it at each stage of the supply chain offers significant food safety enhancements, a quality that has made FDA Deputy Commissioner for Food Policy and Response, Frank Giannis, a big proponent of the technology. At the Grocery Manufacturers Association Annual Science Forum earlier this spring, he lauded blockchain's trackback capabilities for finding the source of outbreaks as well as the multiple checks it creates for potentially stopping an outbreak before it spreads. But the benefits of technology don't stop there. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Pratik Sony, who's the co-founder and CEO of the supply chain management solutions company OmniChain Solutions, and executives of the frozen novelties company Ruby Rockets, share how the new software-as-a-service platform created by Omnichain uses blockchain to boost sales and customer satisfaction with real-time insights into online and store-level demand. It also improves order management efficiency, streamlines inventory control and retail space planning, and much more. They also help clear up some confusion about myths about blockchain is and isn't. So blockchain may be a buzzword that appears in headlines and is bandied about at conferences and on social networking sites with great confidence. But the reality is most people are still unsure what it is, and many think it's either restricted to just the financial industry or that it's a panacea for all business woes everywhere. As Sony explains, neither of those choices is quite right. Rather, he said a more accurate way to think about blockchain is as a shared ledger that offers four key elements of security. So essentially blockchain and, and what's actually called is, is the underlying architecture behind it is, is what we what is called a distributed ledger. Um, and, and this is what is now derived of, of blockchain is what, what we all know. So essentially in our view, um, distributed ledger or blockchain is a really a shared business reality, right? So this allows multiple global and diverse business partners to transact with trust, transparency, and accountability through cryptographic security. Um, and it's automated consensus and shared but distributed standards. So what that means is if you look at the supply chain as a whole, um, if you look at it, how it's kind of architected and designed right now, there's many nodes within the supply chain. You have farms, you have uh, co-packers, you have warehousing partners, logistics partners, and you have, of course, your end consumers or your channel partners, which are your e-tail and retail. Um, and, and right now, none of these, these organizations, which are all independent from each other, um, have the same kind of technology architecture. Everyone has their own processes or systems or tools. It's really discreet as far as, um, you know, how they run their own internal operations. Um, and, and essentially the only way as of right now um, these organizations could communicate together is through EDI, which is Electronic Data Interchange. This is, allows a one-to-one -one business communication electronically. Um, 
So fast forward to what blockchain and, and what distributed ledger essentially um, provides is, is what this is called the shared business reality where although each individual node in the supply chain, the physical supply chain, are operating on different systems and tools um, and technology stacks, the underlying architecture of a distributed ledger is the same foundation where every single node of the supply chain is connected to. So think about essentially a, a, a web um, architecture where every single node on that web is connected to the distributed ledger. Um, so even though they may be working on different tools and processes, um, the foundation of the communication of, of data and, and information is, is all shared in the common platform. And this is, this is what is now called what blockchain and, and essentially distributed ledger. And that's the purpose of it. And kind of what is achieved through having this shared business reality, there's essentially kind of four key things. One, there's consensus amongst the trading partners uh, on the distributed ledger. There's provenance, right? So all trading partners know an asset's origin and how its ownership changed over time. So it provides that holistic chain of custody uh, for any given item or product. Number three, there's immutability. So no trading partner can tamper with the transactions once they're published on the distributed ledger or blockchain. Um, this is what the primarily kind of element or key be benefits of blockchain is, is the data that is posted on there, it's immutable. Um, so they're, they're, it eliminates uh, kind of the bad apples of, of, of the world where they, they want to go and manipulate data to, for their own benefit. Um, and then lastly, and, and probably one of the most important piece is finality, right? So, so the distributed ledger allows um, one single place to determine the ownership and lineage of an asset or a transaction. This is the role of the distributed ledger uh, in, in, at the core of it, right? So it's that, it's that um, fundamental foundation where um, trust, transparency, and accountability is built off of. And that's Sony also points out that while the financial industry is the first place that mainstream America saw blockchain applied, it is far from the only vertical that can benefit from the technology. In fact, he said the next biggest vertical that can benefit from blockchain is supply chain management. Uh, blockchain or distributed ledger has many different functionalities or verticals where it could really disrupt. And finance is one of those verticals or sec sections of of industry where blockchain is really disrupting the space from a uh, cryptographic currency perspective. Um, other use cases, of course, are um, you know, supply chain and operations. Uh, there's healthcare. There's um, you know there's uh, legal um, and legal documentation and so on. So a lot of different use cases um, for for blockchain. Um, the first use case ever really known public is the finance use case where cryptographic currency and cryptocurrency uh, was really developed off of. And a lot of people kind of make that um, connection kind of seamlessly because that's just what they know. Um, but as you see now, now more and more organizations are looking at other verticals where blockchain can disrupt and supply chain being one of them is, is a kind of pr predominant leader. And according to essentially um, a 2018 uh, MHI's annual industry report, blockchain adoption in supply chain industry specifically only sits at 5%, and this was in 2018. Um, this is projected to grow, the adoption is projected to grow upwards of 54% in the next five years. So there's going to be this dramatic paradigm shift on how organizations really manage their supply chain and the core architecture leveraging 
a blockchain or distributed ledger technology, which is, which is really exciting for us uh, as, a, as one of the key kind of technology solution providers in the space. So what does this mean specifically for the food and beverage industry? Sony explains it means a faster way to detect and prevent outbreaks. It means ensuring products actually meet certification standards. And it means enabling consumers to see that products are sourced responsibly. He also notes that Omnichain uses blockchain to help improve businesses' profitability and reduce lost sales and inventory carrying costs. How our platform is, is built is our core architecture is on the distributed ledger or blockchain, right? And, and as, we, as we roll out that distributed ledger among the trading partners across a supply chain, now we get access to data um, uh, that's related to production date, that's related to sales, that's re- related to inventory, that's related to demand, right? So having that foundational element um, being uh, the distributed ledger where all the information is now stored, shared amongst trading partners. Um, on top of that, you know, we went above and beyond as an organization to go and then deliver functional supply chain related uh, advanced functionality, right? So that means we have um, an element of multi-echelon demand planning, and, and replenishment and forecasting. Uh, we have functionality uh, which is called distributed order management or what we call proactive replenishment. Um, and then there's other elements such as business intelligence based off of blockchain-driven data and elements uh, that where we can put into um, specific you know, user interactive reporting and metrics and KPIs that really drive the supply chain forward um, as, a, as to what's happening in the present day where a lot of supply chains are a push supply chain where you actually make make product, whether it's uh, food and beverage or a consumer good, um, you make it, you, you forecast based off of what you need to make, and you push it into the channel, whereas our platform leveraging blockchain is, is making that paradigm shift into building really customer-centric digital supply chains um, where the core architecture is, is a distributed ledger where every node in the supply chain is connected and, and, and data is transparent. And from that data, uh, we're able to then drive actionable uh, supply chain functionality, such as, like I mentioned, advanced demand planning and forecasting, retail space planning, um, distributed order management, uh, fulfillment, um, you know, continuous replenishment and supply demand balance and inventory control. So as demand spikes, uh, as we can foresee demand spiking for a specific item, we can immediately inform the source to stop making, you know, product A, start making product B because we see demand spiking. So essentially it's that continuous supply demand balance that we're able to provide uh, with the distributed ledger and the data that flows seamlessly across the distributed ledger. So with the level of data we're able to receive through our platform, we're able to put in advanced machine learning based algorithms to, to provide a, a more accurate forecast to where demand is going to be depending on the channel. And it's again, it's omni-channel, right? So you have, you have e-tail and you have retail, um, depending on where that channel is spiking based off of geo or, or, or cons- consumption level data, um, we're able to then alert um, the upstream supply chain on, on where demand is going to strike. So essentially, we were then able to pre-position supply where demand is going to be, and therefore uh, reducing the risk of out of stocks and increasing profitability. On average, um, our customers are seeing anywhere from between a 7 to 10% increase in sales um, post-implementation of our platform. Increased sales post-implementation of 7 to 10% sounds pretty promising, but how realistic is that, and how does that compare to the implementation and management costs associated with running a blockchain technology platform? 
According to Stephen Davis, who's the president of Ruby Rockets, which makes natural frozen fruit and vegetable pops with no added sugar, as well as a dairy-free yogurt, says the technology is the real deal. So with Ruby Rockets, our whole you know, brand mission is bringing fruits and vegetables in fun, novel ways to eat, and you know, the whole idea of not adding added sugar. Um, and we do that through frozen novelties with, you know, Ruby Rockets popsicles for kids. We've got something called the Better Bar, which is more of an all-family frozen novelty. Then we've got a dairy-free yogurt. And, you know, in all of those products, you know, we rely heavily on suppliers for fruits and veggies, um, you know, coconut cream, all kinds of really different, you know, intricate fruits and vegetable products. And, you know, for us, you know, we have to build a huge element of trust with our consumers. As a lot of our consumers are children or families, you know, they want to have a product that is, you know, trustworthy to them is, is kind of the best way I would look at it. And we rely on building and develop that partnership of trust between the brand and the consumer. And for us, you know, the possibility of the omnichain solution on one hand with the blockchain technology and on the other hand with all the supply chain elements gives us kind of a two-prong approach to building and further deepening that, you know, brand consumer trust. And with the blockchain technology, we can really have, you know, clear traceability and visibility all the way to the root of our supply chain. So with our ingredient suppliers, whether it be coconuts, as I said, or whether it's strawberries or, you know, squash, we have, you know, I think Pratik mentioned, you know, farm to fork. I'm going to call it farm to fingers. So you can get all the way from the, from the hand of the farmer to the consumer's fingers as you put that in your mouth. We have the visibility and the ability to look all the way through the supply chain to know where that product came from, to know what store it's gone to, and, you know, if, or gosh, ever need be, there was some type of a recall or there was some type of an issue, or we want to showcase that we know that this farmer practices, you know, organic practice X or they're non-GMO or they're, you know, highly sustainable because of a practice they're doing their farming, we can showcase that all the way from the farm to the consumer. And I think that really helps us as a brand build out and develop our brand, build out and increase consumer trust in the brand. And in some aspects, you know, at least for this point in time, it can also give us a, you know, in terms of marketing and branding, somewhat of a competitive advantage over other products that compete in our same space. So, you know, that's really the initial attraction for me. Um, as much as I love supply chain, you know, as the CEO, my, my biggest thing is, being, is, is helping steward this brand, um, both at a consumer-facing level and then, of course, also on the industry side um, to make sure that we get this going in the right place, in the right direction. According to Davis, the technology has helped Ruby Rockets not only earn trust of shoppers, but also of retail and e-tail outlets who stock its products. In terms of retail, I, I think it goes back in some cases, you know, on one way. So if it's a retailer who has, you know, a high concern about where ingredients are coming from, particularly, you know, retailers who compete in the, you know, particularly in the natural channel, but really, you know, in this day and age, it's all consumers, whether it's Walmart, Whole Foods, or anybody in between, 
you know, they all want to understand, you know, the degree of traceability for where your products are coming from. And that really gets back to food safety and recalls on one hand. And then on other, on other instances, do you have the qualifications to be in a particular place in the store or do you belong in that store to begin with? You know, whether you're organic or non-GMO, you know, clearly is very important. There's also a huge sustainability element that goes on here too. People want to, you know, in certain circumstances, want to know that your suppliers are practicing, you know, sustainable standards. Um, they don't want, you know, uh, to come from, in some aspects, some type of an industrial farm situation where the environment around that farm is degradating the area. Manufacturers that like the sound of blockchain and what it has to offer may still be hesitant to adopt the technology for fear that installing and tailoring it will be a difficult and expensive process. And if the current system isn't broke, why fix it? Sony says he gets it, but he also assures that companies don't need to rip and replace their current supply chain management systems. Rather, he says they can simply layer Omnichain's blockchain technology over the top. He also notes that companies don't need to hire a blockchain expert because Omnichain can offer specialists who can help fill that resource void. Omnichain is not the only fish in the sea when it comes to applying blockchain technology to supply chain management or other aspects of the food and beverage industry. Other companies offer different applications and services, and both Sony and Davis encourage manufacturers that are interested in the technology to do their research and find the right partner. And with that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.